the Da'ul Islam. Now the Empress's jewels lay in pawn in Venice, and her city hid behind its colossal walls beneath the early darkness of an iron sky. A rainbow had appeared above the city, a curve of colour. Heaven's favour poured into its battered chalice on earth. Bayezid looked up and then turned to his sons. The sickle of Islam poised, he said. When do we get our cannon, Prince Suleiman? We can't wait for Venice. Mehmed edged his horse closer to his father's. He spoke across him. Didn't you say there was a cannon in Mistra, brother? he asked. Suleiman frowned. Only small ones, not big enough. Yet cannon nonetheless, said Bayezid, remembering. He looked at his heir. You will bring them. Suleiman opened his mouth to protest. This siege was where he belonged. It was to be his triumph. But there are other things to bring from Mistra. The woman who'd sworn to submit to him was in Mistra, and it was time for her to be returned to him. I'll go to Mistra, Suleiman said. Part 1. The Camp on the Step Chapter 1. Gurmayan Balik, Anatolia, Winter, 1396 The first snows came as the old man turned to leave, great balls of it as big as baby's fists that stuck to his beard like dough. Omar, the holy man from Konya, had brought... Luke Mogoris to the forty or so Gurs that made up the Gamayan camp far out on the steppe. Around them was distance with no horizon. The snow had turned the landscape into a limitless white without shape or feature that somewhere far away became the sky. For Luke, a boy born into the bustle of a little city on the edge of the sea, it was beyond comprehension. Their reception had been as cold as the weather. The business at the monastery had delayed them and made the tribe late in moving to their winter pastures, and the snows were early this year. Luke looked around him at the sullen faces. They don't want me here, Omar. Look at them. The old man looked up at the sky through crinkled eyes, then back at Luke, wiping snow from his lips. These are good people, Luke, he said. Their movement makes them honest. A little rivulet which is moving continually does not become defiled. There is truth in that. Who said that? The poet Rumi, the saint of Konya, where I must now go. The saint calls, and I'm not good in tents. But how do I talk to them? You learn their language, Luke. You learn to ride and shoot like a nomad like a Mongol. He turned his horse, stopped, and looked back at Luke, his fist on his saddle. Like Tamerlane. Then he was gone. Two men approached, dressed in coats with fur linings and embroidered hems, and looked similar enough to be related. Father and son, Luke guessed, and the leaders of this camp. They stopped in front of Luke, The older man spoke, turned and walked away. The younger stayed. 
He pushed Luke to his knees in the snow. Stepping closer, he lifted Luke's chin and spat. He jabbed his chest with his finger. Gomil! Gomil. The first night was the worst. Long after they'd eaten, the girl was still dense with smoke and Luke's eyes stung. He wiped them with the back of his hand and looked down at the sword hilt resting across his chest, its dragon eyes staring back into his. Six hours had passed since Omar had ridden away, leaving him only this sword and a line from Rumi. He'd never felt so alone. He dined in miserable silence, six wary eyes watching him through the gloom. They belonged to the family with whom he was to live. Torguk, his wife Berta, who suckled a child at her breast, and their daughter, Arkel.